0: 1 Corinthians 7, 7 reads, I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. Hello and welcome back to Think This Way. This is the podcast of Faith Bible Church. As always, I'm one of the pastor elders here, Bryce. Not as always, but in a most wonderful way, we have one of the most encouraging, colorful <laughs> friends who very nicely, you've sat up there uh, in the front row nearby. You're in the second row. row. (laughs) So you've been our neighbor toward the front row for a long time. She has painted the artwork down our nursery hallways in our secretary's office. I'm looking at a painting right now, which I think was one of the tougher ones she painted. Because if you know Deb, who I'm about to introduce to you, she's very colorful. And she asked me, (laughs) she said, I want to make you a painting for your office. And she said, what do you like? I said, I'm so sorry, Deb, but I like overcast and rainy. (laughs) And, um, And you did it, you know, and you did a fantastic job. Everybody comments on it. I mean, it's so come in my office sometime, see this painting Deb made. But with all that introduction and fanfare, this is Deb Kryline who is with us. Deb, thank you for being with us today.
1: You're welcome. I'm glad to be here.
0: We were talking earlier. Today's topic is about singleness. And although it wouldn't have been by your choice, you've had, did you say, 18 years of experience? Yes. And so we really appreciate you willing to be here. She's got notes that she has thought a lot about and written, and I just am grateful for your willingness to serve us in this. We are talking about family this quarter, and i have it's been on my mind when we have a quarterly focus like this, if you're not married, it can... I don't. I don't want to speak for anybody who's single or you, Deb, or anyone. But it, I just feel a sensitivity to. I don't want someone who's single at Faith Bible to go like, "Oh no." <laughs>
1: but, well, it's good that there's another choice for a Sunday school <laughs> yeah, class. There you go. Otherwise, it might bother me a little <laughs> bit more. But you know, well, I'll go to Minor Prophets. Yes. You
0: know? See, Minor Prophets that applies yeah. directly to everybody, right? Yeah. But but so that's why even here, as we're talking about family, I really wanted to include singleness because that where else would that topic fit except in family right and so of course as you know better than i do by far singleness comes with challenges and blessings just like most things in life and so that's what i kind of wanted to talk to you about today but before we jump into that just for those who for some reason don't know you or don't know you well i wonder if you could share with us how you came to know christ and how you ended up here at faith okay. bible
1: Well, um, I was raised in a church-going home, but none of us were saved. (laughs) Um, I have two sisters and then, of course, my parents. Um, So we we would go to church. I I don't recall ever hearing the gospel. Now, maybe it was preached, and I just spiritually didn't hear it. Um, But I remember more sermons on, let's talk about honesty or, you know, things like that that were good characteristics, uh, but I don't remember hearing the gospel. Um, so when I was in high school, a group of my friends went to a different church and they all went to church camp the summer of freshman year and they came back Christians. (laughs) So, um, my friend group went through this radical shift where, it, cut, it split into, we were a pretty large friend group. So there was the Christian half and then the non Christian half. And I, basically, you have to choose who you're going to spend your time with. I chose the Christian group. Um, thank you, Lord. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, in that group happened to be a football player who invited me to Young Life. Um, They have uh, what they call club night on Wednesday nights. And so, oh, for three months, he was bugging me about going to club night, you know. So I finally said yes just to get him off my back, you know. And um, I went to club night and then was going to club night every week after that um, for two years I went to club night and went to their. It's called Campaigners at the time. It was called Campaigners. That's their Bible study, separate event from club night. Um, so for two years, I, I'm one of these people. Okay, if I'm going to give my life to this Jesus guy, I want to know about him. Who is he? What's he like? So that's why it took me so long. <laughs> but um, so uh, the the summer of my Junior year, or May of my junior year, um, I bowed the knee finally um, and um, confessed my sin and admitted I needed somebody to save me. That was May 20th, 1975, 48 years ago, <laughs> 48 and a half years ago. That's a long time ago. Um, so that's how I came to know the Lord. And how did I end up here? Um well, I'm actually a founding member of Faith Bible Church. And
0: the only are the Shinabargers and myself were
1: the two remaining. Um, and that really was such a joy and privilege to be a part of that. And um, I just love this church so much. Um, I moved to the Evansville-Newburgh area in 1992, which was the year we were founded. And through some homeschooling connections ran into a group of people who were all looking for a church. We were all church hunting, but they were already talking about starting a church. So I had said, "When you start that church, give me a call, <laughs> you know." So they did, and I was there from the the first Sunday we met in somebody's home. I think Ernie wasn't even coming down yet. We started out just meeting together and then eventually um Ernie and his family would come over. Uh, every Sunday, and he would preach and teach. We were still in the living rooms at that time. Oh,
0: that's neat. That's I mean,
1: how I ended up here.
0: That's helpful because I have wondered for a while because I was under the impression that Faith Bible started in 1993 for some time. <laughs> um, part of that was because this is no longer the case. Our side code to the door used to be 1993 oh. for a while. It's not anymore. Don't worry. Don't try it. Um, but it was, and I thought, oh, that's when we started. But— then I went looking up best I could, and the first sermon Ernie ever preached here was at the end of 92. So maybe that's when it was a high view of God, and it was like December of 92 or something?
1: Was that... Well, it would have been in the day school, but before that, he was coming he to the living rooms, okay. and we were meeting in living rooms. So maybe maybe they count the first sermon in an official location That's as... probably true, yeah. Because up until then, it was basically these the founding families, because we couldn't get too big. We were in somebody's living room.
0: I was really glad, because I wanted it to be 92. I was born in 92. Yeah. It just had to be 92, so was, I'm glad to 92. hear that. 92. <laughs> okay, good. 92. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I mean, I speak for everyone when we say, I know that it was God's doing, but I mean, we're so grateful for this church body, and you played a significant role in that, so... Thank you for doing that. Thank you. And for being here all these years later, painting us things. (laughs) Um, As we talk now about singleness, we are going to talk about the gift of singleness, which is what the New Testament actually emphasizes, surprisingly. Mm. But before we do that, real life stuff, some of the challenges, what are some of the challenges of singleness for you, Deb?
1: I have quite a list. Okay, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, uh, and even getting back to the phrase "singleness as a gift," um, I would say, I mean, it took me quite a while a few years <laughs> um, to really see it that way. Um, I had been married for twenty-four years, and and I'm a, been alone now for eighteen. Um, so, I had been hurt so deeply. That it was hard to see it as a gift, you know. All I could see was the destruction of a family, and how painful that had been, and my whole world had been turned upside down. Um, so that I think would be the first challenge: is getting over, getting past that difficulty. Um, and of course. You know knowing that God is, is still with me every single moment of every day and that He can take that and turn it into something beautiful. Um, but it's in the day by day just wrestling with a lot of the emotions that's, that was the real challenge at the beginning. Um, other than that, the first word that came to mind was loneliness. Um, I would say 99% of the time I'm perfectly fine, <laughs> living alone, being alone. Um, 1% of the time, though, I would say deep loneliness, painful loneliness. Um, just the the lack of having someone to talk to that's just there, you know. <laughs> um, certainly I can pick up the phone and things like that but in terms of not having a life partner you know, to do life with um, and to be there to talk, we can talk to, together and share things together, it was hard not having that. And it's still hard not having that anymore. Um, another challenge, I think I have become actually quite <laughs> introverted. It, when I'm here at church, I'm not so much that way, but I mean, I... I'm alone so much. I think I have become more introverted. And then that, you kind of just get too into yourself, which then the challenge is selfishness, self-centeredness, things like that. So I have to fight against that a lot. Um, Another challenge would be the fatigue that comes from having to take care of everything by myself. Um, both positive and negative. You know, I wrote down, joys shared are more joyful, Mm -hmm. and burdens and sorrows shared are lighter. So when there's no one in your daily life to share both the good and the bad with, it just can get exhausting. And then just even taking care of logistical things, having to always do it all, um, it's a challenge. And that kind of leads into the next one, which was um, practical and logistical challenges. Say, let's say you need to drop your car off at the car dealer to get serviced, or wherever you get it serviced. Your wife drops you off, or you know, you drop the car off, and then the wife takes you back home or where you need to go. Um, So something as simple as that uh, it's like, I don't want my friends to have to get up at 7 in the morning to help me drop this car off, you know, so I hesitate to call or try to figure out, well, I found a place that has loaner cars. So, you know, there are, there are ways I've found to deal with these things. Um, but not too long ago, I needed a, an emergency ride to the ER, um, not something that required an ambulance, or I would have called the ambulance, But um, I had to call a friend. Um, I'm in a maybe a different situation than some singles in that I don't have any family Mm. here in town. Um, So everybody's situation's a little bit different. Um, And then also tying in with that um, being now a, we'll say an older single. Let's put it that way, okay? An older single. Um, I'm starting to have... More practical needs, just because I physically can't do certain things anymore, whether it's moving a piece of furniture that I used to be able to move, or um, the night driving. That's a recent one. Well, within the last year, where I really can't drive at night, <laughs> so I'm I'm limited. Um, so that you have the singleness, no family in town, and then I'm I'm getting older, so. I feel like I kind of have, like, this perfect storm of challenges going on, but um, there are so many wonderful people here at church. I mean, I I know people I can call, and um, I try to only call if I really, really have to, you know? (laughs) Because everybody's got their lives, you know? Yeah. So um, those were my top challenges that came to mind.
0: Well, that last comment leads into our next question, because I'm sure anyone <laughs> listening to this, you know, feels like, how can we fix this? <laughs> <laughs> I know we can't always fix it. I get it. I know. But anyways, you know, so you have unique challenges. How can the rest of us at church, you know, we're your family too. I know it's different than biological. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's a different, it's supposed to be closer, but yes. there's a difference there. Yes. Um. So the rest of us at church, those of us who are married, we hear this, and not just for you, but for other singles too, our hearts go out. What are some, do you have any advice for us? How can we be more helpful to the singles here at Faith Bible?
1: (laughs) Well, do you remember a while ago, we used to have like adopt a college student? Yeah, yeah. I think we should have adopt (laughs) Adopt a a single. single. (laughs) That's a Um, good idea. I happen to have one couple from church here in my life that has actually made me a part of their family for the past 18 years. Um, That has been a huge, huge blessing. I mean, these people are even my emergency call. Like, the hospital would call them if I show up in the ER, you know. So there are things like that that I think having a couple or family kind of, quote, adopt you... Create a, a constant presence um, but but with that i don't want to have to call them for everything you know i don't want i don't want to be a burden to anybody so it's better to <laughs> this is going to sound weird uh, spread my needs around in terms of not always calling the same person um, just so it doesn't it doesn't become a burden to anybody to try to have to take care of me on top of everything else. Um, so yeah, that long-term steady support of a family or couple, um, but then also the occasional, like the people who drove me to the hospital that one time recently are not the same people who are my adoptive family. The other thing I thought of was just call to chat occasionally. Um, Because I know like a lot of the moms, especially, you know, moms with the little kids, life is busy, you can't always meet for lunch or do things, and I'm not really, I don't know that I so much need that a lot, but even just a five or 10-minute phone call just to kind of just even chat and just see how we're both doing. Um, cause they have their struggles and issues, and and I have mine. but um, so chatting occasionally, even dropping a note in the mail, I know snail mail. who knew? You know, it's they're still doing that. Yeah, it's not dead yet. And um, just things like that would show me that I haven't fallen through the cracks, so to speak. I haven't been forgotten. And I don't want this to come across as um, self-pity or anything like that. It, it's more of, I, I do, unfortunately, feel on the fringes of things. As you have mentioned, um, you can start to feel like that just because things are not geared around single people. Um, other other ways? Uh, Offering counsel, that would be some like I do go to some of the elders for counsel on things. I think especially being a woman alone, there are things that I want to run past um, a male leader uh, to see if I'm on track and making certain decisions and things. And that's been very helpful. So being willing to be th- be that for someone.
0: Well, may God help uh, us. I mean, those are fantastic ideas, really. And, it, and it's so helpful. I mean, there's a sense in which it's just an extension of the one anothering that you do yeah. in the church. But it's unique. It's unique, too. You know, you're in a unique situation. So it's helpful for us to hear how can we be more helpful, even that call, just making that call.
1: Yeah. And, and I think families, it's more natural to bond with other families, especially if you have kids the same age, you do the same activities. It's You have a lot in common. I mean, and that makes perfect sense to me, you know. Um, but I think it's it's so easy to connect with those people sometimes, and I I would be maybe representing the older population as well, not just single people, but even elderly people who are still couples, both living. Um, you like I said, you tend to get more um, isolated as you get older and have issues, so.
0: I mean, that birds of a feather flocking together, there are times when that's okay. But but also, that can be really tough in the church. You're right. Well, one last thing I did want to talk with you about, Deb, is uh, you mentioned the gift of singleness, you know, even the concept of it being a gift. I know that I'm thinking of younger people who are looking forward to marriage. Oftentimes, when a new Christian encounters First Corinthians 7 for the first time, it's like, that's in the Bible. <laughs> Cause I mean what I quoted, yeah. Paul says, I wish that all were as I myself and he means single. You know, and he goes into, he lists out, you know, one of the benefits is that undivided devotion to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But that is a rather shocking statement on Paul's end to say, I wish I wish you all could be single. But he does say everybody's got a different gift. But I'm just <laughs> curious from someone who's living this in your situation, have you seen what some of the advantages of singleness are?
1: Yes. I mean, and that's how you move past that whole thing of not seeing it as a gift is when you start seeing the advantages that helps you to see it then as a gift. Um, The first thing that came to mind was flexibility with regard to time and energy and resources. For instance, um, I've interacted with some people and they're going through something and I will say, to their face. I said, you can call me any time. I said, I don't care if it's two in the morning. There's no one else to wake up in the house. It's just me. So I can offer that to someone who, you know, you wouldn't normally want to call and wake up the baby and the husband and, the, you know. So I have flexibility that way. Um, Even more so now I'm retired. So I'm not only single, I'm retired. So There's a lot of flexibility in that sort of thing. Um, This may sound strange because I I guess because I had been married for 24 years, I raised a son. um, It's kind of a relief to be at home and there's no one else there. So there's like, low interpersonal conflict just because there aren't other sinners living in the house with you Um, it's peaceful Um, the trade-off is that it occasionally gets very lonely Um, but anyway um, there are things that I can accomplish as a single that I wouldn't be able to do if I were married and and if I were still parenting Um, And you you brought up, like, uh, the artwork and the books I wrote. I mean, those things, except the first book. I wrote that when I was married. But um, the other books and the artwork, that was really only possible because I only had myself to look after. Um, I didn't have the other responsibilities. So that's a big plus for me is those creative outlets and having the time to pursue them. I think the biggest advantage is really and truly learning that Jesus Christ is all I need. My contentment and my satisfaction is in him. And that's a lesson, I mean, I'm still learning, you know, that's still growing and improving and strengthening but i mean i i really had to work my way through that but i can see that when you have everything else removed you throw yourself on him so that was a huge advantage i mean in my case it wasn't it's not like i'm a young single just coming out of school and hopefully Uh, looking to get married. I had that history of a a marriage and a very painful divorce. So going through that is what led me to trusting Christ for everything more than I ever thought I could. Um, and, And along with that, embracing my aloneness as solitude. So it's better to think of it as solitude, which... Loneliness, I think, has a real negative connotation. You can be alone and not be lonely, or you can be alone and be really lonely, or you can be married and be really, really lonely. Um, but I think as a single, if you can em- uh, embrace that aloneness as solitude, it's time to commune with God. If you're single, you don't know how long you're going to be single. Did I think I was going to be single 18 years after my divorce? No. <laughs> and and there are probably people in their 20s who are hoping to get married. How long will you will they be single? A year? 10 years? Nobody knows. So we have to be able to embrace where we are. And if if at this moment in time we're single, we need we need to see how valuable that time can be. You know, God has a, a purpose in my singleness. He has preparation he's doing. I don't know what Lies ahead in the future, whether it's some type of ministry or more books to write or whatever. But he's preparing me during this time alone. And we need to, you know, we singles we need to we we need to look at singleness not as some waiting room where you're waiting for life to begin. It's like no, you're not in the waiting room. You're in life. You know. And for all I know, I might be single till the day I die or the Lord Jesus comes for us. So I just have to see where I am today and embrace it um, and do what he calls me to do today.
0: Deb, as I'm listening to the things you're sharing, I mean, genuinely, I feel like these are things that need to be heard so bad. And I don't know that we're always talking about them, whether you're single because you don't want to feel like a burden, (laughs) or if you're married because you don't, you know, how do I broach this subject? I don't want to make it feel weird. Just getting to hear from you about this really means a lot and I think will be really helpful, both for married and single people who are listening. So thank you so much for being on here.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: You might be listening to this. And maybe you are single yourself and you have felt like you're in a waiting room. You're just waiting for your life to begin. Or maybe you're someone who's married and you've just not thought about the single people around you who could use your involvement in their life. Whatever the case may be, may God help us all now to think this way.